On this week's Quick Hits episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk about the NBA Finals. Man, did y'all see that happening? We talk a little big deal, no thing, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, you can hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. You can also be a part of the talk and all part of the engaging conversation on our Facebook group page, Carolina Sports Talk. Talks back. Without further ado, I want to welcome in my main man and yours, DJ High Star, in the build. Well, not in the building, but virtual building. Broski, what's good with it? You, what's good? What's good? Man, we grinding out here, dog. We out here grinding, man. You know, putting in work out here in these uh, podcast streets, uh, doing our thing. How you been, man? Blessed, man. Can't complain. Can't complain at all. You staying out of trouble, working hard, being a working hard man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We uh we definitely missed each other slightly this weekend. Yeah. Um, down there in Columbia. I got the early shift and then you kind of came in bad cleanup. Exactly, exactly. For those of you who may have missed it, man, first of all, what rock were you underneath? You missed a banger this weekend. The High Star Hoops and High Star Entertainment presented the HBCU Alumni Classic uh, held at Benedict College. Uh, it was mainly streamed on the uh, Facebook page of yours truly, uh, but we had a good time, man. If you missed it, you definitely missed a good one. There were a lot of good showcases uh, with the HBCU alumni, uh, but you and I talked off uh, off air after the event, man. The the the, guy, the little ones stole the show, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it was the inaugural event for us. Um, we've been doing a high school uh, basketball or a high school alumni weekend, rather, down in the Charleston area for going on about eleven years now. And um, right before the pandemic really shut down everything, my business partner. He had uh, posed that idea to me for the HBCU Classic. Um, but big shout out to Dr. Justin Buford. He, he followed through really with it. And he's the one who executed and made everything happen out there. So big shout out to him. And then uh, also shout out to him for showing so much love to the community. I know along with, um, along with Carolina Sports Talk, yeah, there was other podcasts out there. Uh, my buddy, uh, Scoop Bailey, with Anything Goes. Um, and, and a couple others and then vendors galore and all of that stuff. So he always shows love to the community and let them get, you know, their, their lion's share of, of the, uh, of the pie, if you will. Yeah, definitely had a chance to wrap it up with, uh, with the bros and with the fellas from, uh, anything goes, uh, voice of sports was represented out there and uh barstool, uh, was out there as well, man. So 
had a good chance to interact and fellowship with them fellas, man. Y'all make sure y'all go check out their shows as well. Um, coming soon, we definitely going to be doing some work with those guys. Cause it, cause it was a good experience to be out there with them, um, and, and they got good platforms as well. So we're excited to go and represent Crux Media and, and, and kind of kick it with them fellas on their shows, man. But uh, at this point, man, we there's been some really good basketball going on, man. Uh I know I have my thoughts about it. We're going to talk about it. But uh, Golden State said not so fast for all of y'all thinking that yeah, they was I'm done. Yeah, I'm glad you addressed it. Listen, I'm, I mean, you know what? Without further ado, man, let's just jump on into it, man. Go ahead and hit them people with some scores, bro. All right. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, uh, before we left, uh, well, I'll, I'll start off with Wednesday, June the 8th, really. The Celtics beat the Warriors by 16 in Boston, 116 to 100. Take the 2-1 lead in the series. Um, and then... Uh, emphatically, Golden State came back on Friday night, June the 10th, to defeat the Celtics in Boston, 107-97, led by a 43-point performance from Steph Curry. 43 points and 10 rebounds. Um, and then also on Monday, this past Monday, June the 13th, the Warriors um, defeated the Celtics again by 10 points, this time in San Francisco, 104-94. to with um, not so, so much of a performance from uh, Steph Curry, uh, but uh, um, Andrew Wiggins did steal the show. Um, I mean, and, and to kind of lead up to that again, anything that you, uh, with, the, with the loss that the Warriors suffered on Wednesday, out in Boston that you wanted to speak about, or did you want to just get to their two consecutive wins? If I'm gonna keep it a buck, I do want to start there. If I'm gonna keep it a buck, that was a bad loss. And I know Golden State is good for at least one of those. Seems like a series where they look discombobulated, overmatched. My and that worry, and 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 in that instance, I kind of got worried after having already dropped one in Golden State, and then Boston came right behind and was like, "Oh yeah, while well, we got this momentum, bam, 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 hit them with a couple of body shots." Um, I was worried because I don't like Boston. If you've ever heard me say that, let me hear you swing something about it. But anyway, um, I don't like Boston. And so <laughs> watching that, I was a little worried. Like, yo, they look like a complete team. The defense that they played, um, everybody out there was hitting shots. It just looked like the Warriors might have been overmatched. But um, as you mentioned, they came back and won two in a row. First time Boston has lost two in a row in these postseason, in this postseason. So it really looks like Golden yeah. State kind of, like I said, had one of those Golden State moments where they were like, yo, let's go ahead and get them boys one and then go ahead and crush their hopes and souls, dreams, rob their kids, piggy banks, <laughs> take the ice cream yeah. and the cookies, bro. Pause. Um, Steph Curry, he did have 31 that game. Uh, toward the end of that game, it was a significant uh, moment where Al Horford fell on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, had folks worried about he, the ankle. And, and Steph Curry, yeah, uh, grabbed his ankle, wincing and grimacing. And uh, people thought, again, that 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 was really the, the kill shot kind of for them, that there was really no hope uh, come Friday. So uh, then comes Friday, the infamous Friday out there in Boston. And um, Steph, as as the. As the media had put it and everybody post game put it, Steph put the, the team on his back. Um, a lot of p- people feel like he was answering a lot of his critics. Um, I would say you being one of them, but I know that you're just an objective fan. And, uh, 
and he and he performed uh, when it mattered most, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. But dropped forty three and ten. Again, had the assistance of Andrew Wiggins mm-hmm. uh, with his sixteen rebounds. Um, he had a double double, of course, in in games four and five. But really, the sixteen rebounds is what stood out. Um, yeah, and and now those were the headlines from from game four. Steph put in the team on his back. It uh, looked like vintage Steph with a lot of the shots that he were making. He was making. Did he silence the critics with that performance? Yes and no. <laughs> we know that basketball and sports in general at this point, it just kind of seems like a lot of what have you done for me lately type situation. Uh, up until this last game, Steph Curry was playing like the MVP of the finals. Um, he, he not only was doing what he was doing and carrying the team offensively, um, but defensively, he was stepping up. He was holding Jason Tatum um, and, well, primarily Jason Tatum and a lot of the other fellas, but he's holding them to his lowest shooting percentage of the postseason. Um, Steph often has been called by most the greatest shooter ever in the history of the league, and I think we might have touched on this last week. But the defense that he has been playing throughout these playoffs really solidified him and, and is concreting him as overall one of the best players ever. I, I think if not, and I granted, he's not done it through a whole postseason or not even a postseason, a whole regular season. But with what he's displayed now, if he's able to do this at least one more year, if they get the chip this year and he's the finals MVP, you got to look at him as top 10 ever, period. You disagree? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Um, and honestly speaking, his argument for MVP in a lot of ways for me was strengthened by game five, and, and we'll get to that um, mm. with the take that I have on that. However, um, nice little teaser there. I see. Leading, yeah, leading up to that, though, another like underlying storyline for the series has been the uh, triple single king, <laughs> um, Draymond Green. So, Draymond Green has an awesome podcast that he records. I've listened to it a couple times. A lot of great, great insight from him in his coming directly after the games. Objectively, he speaks on himself. But uh, I think he might have gone like two games in a row where he like scored two points or something like that. Um, first player since Dale Davis in, in 2000 to foul out of three games, I believe, in the, in the postseason. Um, so his his production stat-wise was definitely lackluster. Uh However, I bring up the podcast because um, a lot of people are questioning that. A lot of people are questioning um, if that is serving as a distraction for him in many ways whenever it comes to the finals. What, what say you? What do you think about that? My thing is this. There's always going to be distractions, but I don't think that this is one of them. And I know it might seem a little bit, how can I put it, hypocritical, with as much flack as I gave uh, LeBron James for wanting to come to L.A. for a lot of these same reasons, but on a larger scale. But it is just that, the fact that they're on a larger scale. With us recording a podcast, and you're listening to that podcast, Carolina Sports Talk, we understand what goes into the work of it at this level. So I can only imagine what it is at that level. But at the same time, they're going to be doing something. It's not like he's going home after the game and like, yeah, I'm going to go get in bed and sleep. Then a man got a family, he got all these other things that he's doing and, and responsibilities. So he's going to be doing something 
anyway. I don't feel like it's a distraction in that he's still talking about basketball. Now, if he went and left to do that and then went to go and do football or was talking about ice hockey or anything like that, but he's analyzing himself. If anything, it's the same thing that is watching the film. It gives him the opportunity to be reflective, to think about what his performance was, to think about what he saw um, and what he what he can what he could have done better and just really reflect on an opportunity. So f- for me, I see it not as a distraction, but more so as an opportunity for him to reflect and kind of get better or, or make better decisions and analyze what and where he was throughout that game. Um, what do you think? Do you, are you thinking it's a distraction or are you thinking it's kind of just something that is something else he's going to do anyway? Right. No, I, I agree. Um, I don't see anything wrong with it to, to a lot of your points. Um, it enhances kind of um, what you, your evaluation of your performance. It also, again, it holds him accountable for the things that Boston does right uh, because he's been very, obje- been very objective on the podcast. But also just to, just to keep it a stack, um, we think about, like you said, what others do. Everybody does something. There's, there's, there's plenty of um, locker room stories and water cooler talk about MJ and um, back in the day with what they've done. And, you know, and Lord knows uh, Dennis Rodman of the world or, or, or whoever, you know, whether they're um, Ron Artest of the world, um, you know, if they're drinking, smoking cigars, gambling. Um, if, I, if my superstar is doing anything, I, I prefer him to have a full, full blown game analysis <laughs> by the next morning. Uh, published on on podcast network versus catching a DUI or something like that because he's angry with his performance and mm-hmm. wilded it out and lost self-control or something like that. So I, I definitely, I didn't see anything wrong with it. We've been talking the past few weeks about the path that a lot of these athletes are going in whenever it comes to the media. So I think it's just um, in step with what he's, getting prepared for a post career mm-hmm. and he's just polishing that up. And, and, and I agree. I see nothing wrong. We all like you. I, I love the way you put it. And, and just, I guess to frame it, we all got vices. They're going to do something. At least his is something that's productive. Yes. Yeah, entertainment, but it still gives him that opportunity to be productive and, and, and reflective. So I don't have a problem with it, especially if he's going to bounce back and have games like he did. <laughs> Where he just right. started off the first half in game five bonkers after everybody had something to say about it. So I don't have a problem right. with it at all. So speaking of game five, um, again, uh, that was more or less the Andrew Wiggins show. Mm-hmm. Um, highlights from from start to finish from Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah, one where he glided through the lane and split like two or three defenders, kind of similar, real MJ-esque. Um, with switching from his right hand to his left mm-hmm. hand and laying it up, and then had an emphatic dunk that he uh, dunked on um, five head. Uh, yeah. Your boy, um, I just can't think of his name right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not uh, Williams. Huh? Not Williams. No, not not Grant Williams or, or Robert Williams. But um, I'll, I'll I'll find it uh, here in a second. Huh? Horford? No, no, no. Five head. Uh, my man with the with the hairline or whatnot. Uh, and the oh, the light skin buddy. Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, white. 
exactly. Um, so with with uh, Andrew Wiggins' performance, it goes to kind of what I was alluding to earlier with me doubling down on on Steph and his uh, and his MVP kind of bid for this for this postseason. After a forty three point performance like that, there's two things that came into effect to me or came was went into play for the game five performance that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and I preface it with, uh, well, no, I won't even preface it with anything, but for one, Boston made the adjustments that they needed to in game five and they, um, adjusted their defense and made it very, very tough for Steph. We've seen golden state make it very tough for players like Jalen Brown for Jason Tatum for Marcus smart for Al Horford in particular games after, after these gentlemen have made golden state pay. Um, so it's right now, again, like we've talked about, uh, for a couple of weeks now, these are the top teams in the world. And Boston of course has, there's been no argument that Boston has had the top defense or whatnot all postseason. So with the adjustments that they've made, um, it was no surprise to me that Steph had a drop off. Um, now the no three pointers in, uh, you know, 233 games or something. Mm-hmm. First time that there was no three pointers and 0 for nine shooters, shooters are going to shoot. And there were times that he pressed and, uh, and kind of looked to kind of force and look to wanted to force a three point pointer in to, to prove a point. However, we also have to take into account we're midway through June. Uh, these guys have played again along with the Celtics. Um, so I take nothing against the, nothing away from them, but these guys have played the most games out of all the NBA teams mm-hmm. um, in the league right now. So it's understandable if their legs are a little heavy and if you'll see certain shots come up short as well. Um, so, yeah, like I said, just giving um, instead of looking at it through the lens of taking anything away from Steph Curry, I kind of give Boston's uh, defense a lot of credit for their game plan and their execution on how they chose to uh, to stop him. Yeah, and they have absolutely made the proper adjustments and did just that. If anything, like you said, it solidifies and strengthens that MVP um, status or that MVP qualifications for him because the fact of them doing that that much to address him opened the door for Andrew Wiggins to do what exactly. he did. Exactly. It provided the way. Of- Absolutely. And one thing about it that you can also give Steph credit for is he took what the defense gave him. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely plenty of difficult shots that he took within the three point arc, but they were falling. And uh, he did not, as he has not all year um, post injury and all postseason, he doesn't shy away from the basket and, and taking it to the cup. So one thing that he did, if they double team, he's finding the open man. Um, as he drove a lot of times he was finishing strong and then to your point it opened up uh, things for players like Andrew Wiggins Clay Thompson Um, a lot of those guys got some some good looks because of the game plan around Steph so let me ask you this right now if the finals done they say you know what we're not gonna play no more it is what it is y'all boy got it is Steph Curry the finals MVP yeah absolutely okay I have yeah, an um, itching feeling that either one of two things is going to happen. Uh, 
either there's going to be enough voters that's going to say, you know what, he's earned it, let's go ahead and give him one, or he's been, you know, he's put in his dues, let's go ahead and give him one, or they're going to mess around and give it to Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I mean, it, it if it, to me, it'll take a gargantuan performance in Boston from Andrew Wiggins, another double-double, but if he scores in the 20s or so, um, I could definitely see that happening. It happened with Iguodala back in the day. Mm-hmm. And if he <laughs> back in the day, if he like has a performance, man. right? But <laughs> in their in their older, um, it was pre KD. But uh, you know, if if Andrew Wiggins is as effective outside <laughs> of the three point line, which is kind of erratic here and there with as he is um, inside of the three point line and then scores more than 20 points, and then, of course, has double-digit rebounds, I could definitely see the the making an argument for that. But, again, um, the attention to detail that they've had to show to Steph, and then just really that game for performance in Boston, post, or this is at, at the time everyone writing you off and saying that you're injured and that you won't do anything, um, it was a powerful performance and, and enough possibly to steal the MVP. I mean, his, his stat line and, and, and what, like his points, um, he still has scored the most points in the finals um, out of both teams. He's had, I think, multiple 30-point performances, I believe, too. Um, so his, his numbers are still there. It's not like they're, they're not or he's been absent any of the other games, um, but his impact was certainly felt paused on um, in game four. Yeah. And I think that's that's the the footprint um, and the uh, and the landmark game that they that 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 will propel him uh, if the Warriors win this series to to taking home that MVP. Yeah, I, I definitely want to see him get one, um, and, and and I think he deserves it this year. I really, really, really hope that they're able to close it out in Game Six. Um, I, I I don't even want to give Celtics. I don't want to give give them the chance. <laughs> I want yeah. to see Golden State go there. And, of course, they would love to in a game seven, um, win in front of their home crowd and all that. But Boston is scary, man. They've already come back from two different three twos um, in this postseason. So they've won two game sevens already. Um, there is no part of Boston that I think should be played with. Pause. I think it's just a, they need to – Golden State needs to stay focused. And um, Thursday night, go in there and take it and win it, man. Uh, Yeah. If we fast forward Uh, to a a game six kind of preview, what do you think the keys are going to be to a victory for the Golden State Warriors in Boston? Well, uh, the main thing is staying out of early foul trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have players like Looney. I think he picked up three fouls in in the first quarter Mm -hmm. in game five. So staying out of early foul trouble. Um, I think it's a game – where the emotions will fly. So um, if there was like an over-under, I would put my money on. Uh, unfortunately, I would put my money on Draymond getting a tech, picking up a technical perhaps in in game six. I, I'd love to see him under um, have self-control and not get one, uh, but I do see it being an emotional game. Um, the What has stayed consistent also is the team that has not necessarily gone to the refs um, and stay focused on just getting back up the floor, um, have have had the advantage. Uh, see it, again, comparable to hockey with a power play. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Once that one person is arguing with the ref, then you have a disadvantage on the floor. Um, you know, I personally feel like Steph Curry got fouled on in his 43-point game. I personally felt like he got fouled on two of his three-pointers that he made, and those should have been two four-point plays that he was able to get, especially the there was one where Jason Tatum just clearly ran into him mm-hmm. as he's making a three-pointer, and the, the refs has been swallowing the whistle pause all series. Um consistently so we know how they're going to call it uh we know that it's been a very physical series uh, so that's the main thing as far as is, is foul trouble and how to handle the refs with with fouls other thing is going to be simply the role players um to me um led by jordan pool um and if he has control he needs he needs self-control but whenever he drives what i like about jordan pool is when he drives to the basket i think a lot of players, three-pointers open it up for them to be able to drive to the basket. To me, Jordan mm-hmm. Poole driving to the basket first makes, because he's so um, he's so efficient at the rim, it makes defenders um, slack off of him after he finishes at the cup a couple times and then gives him a little bit of better spacing and better looks beyond the arc whenever it comes to his three-point shot. For- but players like, go ahead. Yeah, real quick. For me, with, with I love what Poole does offensively, but I need him to stop drinking the old batch of Steph Curry Kool-Aid with that lack of defense, man. Because he is literally in game five, I think he five times in a row, by. they were letting folks go by, them switching on him onto him with the pick and roll and, and him just, just getting defensively taken advantage of. I need mm-hmm. him to step up, especially in a closeout opportunity on the road. Yes, Offense is going to be great, and and, and and I think he will be a contributor on the road with that mentality, that, that dogness that he has in him. But defensively, he has got to tighten it up, especially in the second half, uh, where Golden State is typically world beaters in the third quarter. They've been silent the last three games, even the two that they won. They, they were outscored by, I want to say, four in game five. Um, so offensively, sure, continue to be what you're being and do what you're doing in, in the second half, but be defensively sound. Play good basketball. Mm-hmm. You've got good feet. You've got good speed. Open up your body. Open up your hips. Play defense and not let them just blow by you. So that's going to yeah, be absolutely. key for him. Absolutely. And then, so in addition to that, my other key really is just that the role players step up. So we want to see good performance from um, Clay, of course, um, Draymond, but off of the bench, again, led by Jordan Poole. Uh, players like Otto Porter, Gary Payton Jr., um, even if Kaminga gets some time, um, I'm with you know, now, uh, the other, um, foreign player that they have as well, he gives good minutes whenever Looney gets into foul trouble. Um, so again, and this is just considering if Looney gets into foul trouble or, um, or anything happens with that. So, uh, big game from Wiggins, of course, rebound wise, but also I'd like to see, um, one of those classic 10 rebound games, 10 plus rebound games from Looney um, to, to go along with that and, and kind of to solidify things uh, with that. It, it, it lo- lightens the load for everyone where it's more so dispersed amongst the team instead of a uh, game four situation where you see kind of Steph uh, just literally putting everybody in, in his backpack and carrying them um, backpack, on his back. Backpack. So let me ask you this. What has ever happened bad with them forcing Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to go to their left? 
defensively, what happens bad for Golden State Warriors when they force them to the left? Right. Nothing. Nothing. Um, if anything, they they normally are successful with doing so, which is amazing to me with with these guys being professionals. Um, <laughs> they ain't got no left hand. <laughs> right. And then when you speak defensively wise, it's amazing that, you know, we can't pick that up consistently and that you kind of see Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown just uh, whenever they do go to their right, they do like at their own will like mm-hmm. with no kind of resistance i i kind of you know have more pride in my defense street ball wise or, or whatnot or in a ymca gymnasium as far as forcing somebody to their left than what i've seen and i you know i can't i know all of these guys are world-class athletes so what we see on the tv may not be equivalent to the speed that actually goes on on the court However, but it looks it just looks <laughs> it looks crazy it looks like they're letting them blow by with no kind of resistance, um, the verticality is not there, so the foul gets called. Even even with a lot of Marcus Smart's drives, um, but yeah, you know that. You know, I, I, I definitely like to see them forcing those guys to the left a little bit more, forcing some more turnovers from Boston. And and that's that was literally where I was going. The turnover game for me is going to be key um, if they can consistently play defense. It's not like they can't. We know that Boston throughout the season was the number one defensive rated team, but Golden State was the number two rated defensive team in the in the league throughout the season. So they have the capability of doing so. I want to see Glove Jr. get out there and, and, and lock down, play good, uh, play sound. I want to see Looney. I think Looney could be really be a wild card um, defensively and offensively. He had a game in these playoffs where he had 21 rebounds, 16 of which were often, uh, excuse me, seven of them, were offensive rebounds. He needs to have that kind of performance, and I think they win this game easily. Um, another key for me is going to be the starting lineup. I have respect for Clay Thompson, but Clay Thompson is not Clay Thompson right now. If I am Steve Kerr, for this opportunity, I start Jordan Poole instead of Clay and just shift the lineup down. Um, I don't know if he'll do it, but I think to have Clay come off the bench and have him hungry and, and to allow Poole to get into an early rhythm alongside Steph, if both of them step up, if Looney State plays without fouling and get in early foul trouble, I don't think that it's, it's much of a contest. Even with Boston playing for their lives in Boston, I think that, that that lineup could throw them off enough to be able to knock them off early and keep them on their heels the entire game. Um, overall, I would love to pick Golden State, but I got an itching feeling that Boston is going to dig it out. I think um, Jalen Brown is going to come and have probably one of his better games of the postseason, not just the finals of the postseason. I could easily see him tomorrow uh, or Thursday night, tomorrow night, getting 40-plus points. I think Al Horford will be on. Marcus Smart defensively is going to shine and I hate to say it, but we will go back to Golden State for Game Seven. Gotcha. Um, I'm going with Golden State still. Um, again, my 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 biggest points that I, I look at things just differently and try to take everything in totality. And uh, one thing I noticed from both teams is, you know, how gassed they they were. Uh, whether it was like the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, midway through the second quarter. Um, it's a lot of time where guys are getting their second wins and digging 
and gasping for those, you know, second and third uh, wins and stuff like that. And I think it's again, because of the fatigue of the, of the, the full NBA season plus the postseason. And then you got to take into account these guys have been playing with injuries and stuff like that. So it'll come down to definitely execution. Um, but it uh, brings me to another question. Um, what kind of case is Steve Kerr making uh, for, you know, uh, all-time coaching with his adjustments um, and being in the likes of your Greg Popovich's, Phil Jackson's, et cetera? That's a good question that I wish you hadn't asked me. Uh, I am definitely a fan of Steve Kerr's. Uh, I, I loved him when he played for the Bulls. I didn't so much when he played for the Spurs. Um, and, and even when he came into Golden State and what I felt like stole Mark Jackson's job, wasn't a fan. But everybody feels like. <laughs> we all, we're all kind of in agreement with that one. But it felt like he came into a team that had – the foundation and the fundamentals to be able to be what they are. Granted, like you said, his adjustments are what they are, but even he says, I'm just lucky to coach a lot of great players. And if you think about some of the all-time greatest coaches that you like, they could just talk about the, the, the pops of the world, um, the Phil Jackson's of the world, um, the, the, the Riley's of the world, they all had great players as well. Um, but it's about that scheme and how you put the greatest players of all time in positions to be who they are and to win. At the end of the day, Steve Kerr is a winner. He's taken what was there, made the best of it. Um, even when you see that same squad being coached by a Mike Brown, they're a different squad. Um, I think he is, if he wins or win, hopefully knock on wood, they win this one, he too probably ends up being top five, top ten coach of all time. Where do you rank them at? Yeah, um, uh, this 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 finals that made has kind of opened up my eyes. Uh, he's he's transparent. Well, for for the most part, transparent with the media, with uh, some of his gutsier calls. Whenever he kind of admits, hey, you know, I had to kind of just decide this on the fly, or or we. <laughs> I, I chose to do this, you know, just, and we, we wanted to see if it worked and it did, um, along with his adjustments. Um, it, it definitely, yeah, it definitely puts him in that conversation. If I sat down with a list of coaches or whatnot, I'm definitely putting him in the top 10. Um, would love to put him in the top five, but again, those, those names kind of crowd up quick and I have, you know, a lot of respect for, for other coaches, but, I just can't ignore what the job that he's done. Um, it can't be said enough. The job that he's done after the season that they had in the bubble and recovering from a lot of his superstars being injured and stuff like that. And him and kind of him and Draymond just riding it out uh, with a bunch of new guys. And they've, 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 they've had one of those uh, things where it's been like, uh, the gift through the curse because mm -hmm. they were able to get some great draft picks right. and they mm -hmm. hit in the lottery a couple, you know, uh, that one season, but they were able to evaluate and really get some great draft picks that have produced for them. And then also the acquisition of Wiggins, the acquisition of an auto Porter where people were questioning his contract size and, and what he was doing in Washington. And then, you know, you bring him to, 
Golden State and and plug plug him in, uh, plug you play. know where he yeah where he falls into place. Uh, so you know it definitely has to be mentioned. Yeah. Now I will say this: I love the way Golden State. Like you talking about the moves that they've made, and I think that they have some insight on what they want to do. And that being said, I got a hot take for you, bro. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. It's hot. This offseason, the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers are going to pull off a trade. The Los Angeles Lakers will receive Jordan Poole, Kavon Looney, and Klay Thompson. The Golden State Warriors will receive forward LeBron James. Thoughts? Uh, I, I mean, I don't see it happening, but I, I can see you, you know, making a case for it. But yeah, I, it plugs holes for both say. sides. Um, the money does work out. Clay is not what he was, but coming to LA because I because I said Clay wants to be in LA, it gives them an opportunity to start thinking about the future and rebuilding. You ask me, how does it rebuilding if they get LeBron James in the back end? LeBron James has already mentioned that wherever he, if he were to leave LA or wherever he ends up, he would love to play with his son. That gives them two years with him and it drafts, gives them the opportunity to draft LeBron James son, Bronny James. Um, You pair him with that young core that they have. Wiggins has a few more years. Um, and I think it overall is a good fit for the L.A. team. It definitely sets them up to be able to be competitive next year. You've got uh, you got Looney, who's a big that's going to be just fundamental for us. You would have Clay in a hungry, thirsty, I'm ready to prove it type mentality, ready to be an assassin and a dog there in L.A. And now we've got the point guard that we've been needing for a while as well. I think it works well for both sides. I'd love to see it happen. No, I'm not reporting that I've heard this, you know, evidence someplace or it's going to happen that's a hot take that i want to see it happen and i'm speaking it into reality just like i was trying to speak uh baker mayfield not coming to carolina even though that seems like it's going to happen more on that next week but um yeah i i really 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 think this could be some a good possibility moving forward so we'll see next up we got big deal no thing that's a big nah, deal. That ain't no thing. You know the segment we give you head headlines from across the sports world and let you know if it's a big deal or no thing. First up, Richard Sherman joins Amazon's Thursday night football lineup, but still quote leaving the door open for an NFL return. Big deal or no thing? Um, big deal. That's a big deal. I'ma say that's a big yeah. deal. Why you say? Uh, just. Quickly again, uh, the theme that we've had uh, for the past couple of weeks again with uh, athletes and getting into that media space, it's kind of pulling a little like a baby Tom Brady move, if you will, uh, with trying to kind of hedge hedge his situation and, and play both sides of the fence to leave the door open, but um, just to have that voice and then also to give uh, to give some light to shed some light to Amazon's. 
uh, platform for their sports situation is is kind of big. And they're definitely trying to build it. For those of you who may not uh, know, Amazon has eight games that they'll be broadcasting for NFL uh, Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. They've done a lot of simulcasts, but they do they, they were awarded some exclusive rights this year. So they'll have eight games. I think it's a big deal for, for a couple of reasons. It gives, like you said, some credibility and some authenticity to Amazon's coverage, but it also gives him something to do because I think his football career may be over. So um, shout out to to Mr. Sherman, Super Bowl winning cornerback. Uh, but uh, let's see how you do out in the booth as well. Next up, Charlotte Hornets center Montrez Harrell facing felony drug charges after being stopped with three pounds of the sticky icky. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big that, 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 that's a big deal. Why you say it? Uh, it's a big deal because I didn't know who had the pack in Charlotte. Now, you. I guess I know. <laughs> dog, I say it's a big deal because come on, dog. Don't be no big dummy, bro. Come on. When you famous people and, and, and this is not I'm, a view reflected of Big Cliff of Carolina Sports Talk. I just heard somebody say it one time. So I'm going to say it. Y'all, I'm winking. Famous people. Y'all got enough money to pay people to do that stuff. Y'all shouldn't have what? What are you doing, bro? Come on. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers make Minka Fitzpatrick the highest paid safety in NFL history. Big deal or no thing? Uh, No thing, but shout out to I Get Money by 50. Hey, yo. Oh, where the sound? See, this is what happens when, you, when your boy don't want to work. Nah, that ain't no thing. I'm going to say, nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say? See if we say it for the same reason. Um, Again, right now, it's not about what you, uh, I forget what the saying is, but it's about what you can negotiate. Uh, agents are agents for a reason. Mm-hmm. And as the years go by, you know, it's 2022, you know, you, you get into these other years and, and move forward with time. You're going to start seeing these records being broken as far as for defensive ends, safeties, quarterbacks uh, being, you know, reportedly the highest paid. And it's, it's similar to an album being number one on Apple Music. Until it, the could, next one. it could happen for about a week. Yeah. Or it could happen for a day, for an hour. The time with you goes so fast, which is a it great does. argument for online school. But so is the fact that online school done right will empower your mm-hmm. children. Yo. <laughs> but no, it it uh what it does really for you is uh it sets up the it sets up the stage for the next person. So just like I said, just like with Apple Music or whatnot, you just waiting for the next number one album to get there. Facts. And honestly, wildly enough, that's literally the reason why I said no deal, no uh, no thing. Because every 10 minutes somebody's dropping the highest paid for whomever position until the next person comes. So, I mean, shout out to Minka Fitzpatrick. He is an amazing, amazing safety. Like, he's hard-hitting. The dude is the truth. But at the end of the day, uh, Jeremy Chin might break that record in a couple of years when the Carolina Panthers make him the number one paid safety of all time because um, that boy's a beast, too. So, shout out to him for getting his money. Um, but, you know... And that's about all to it. <laughs> Next up, 
The Rockets trade Christian Wood to the Mavericks for the number 26 pick in the 2022 NBA draft, along with four players, Boban Marjanovic, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, and Sterling Brown. Big deal or no thing? A big deal. That's a big deal. <sighs> nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say? Um, although it's not the the big name trade that we look that we look for and stuff like that. Good old Texas trade, and uh, I think a lot of cats sleep on some of those people that uh, that were packaged in with the trade. But Christian Wood being the the big name, I think he just gives uh, Luca another another weapon, um, and kind of we'll see how it goes. He, he I don't think he was in the right place in, in Houston. It was more or less a, a stopover uh, for him or a temporary spot. So we'll see if he can find a home in Dallas. Yeah. I, I said no thing primarily because of some of the names. Um, like I believe you're 1000% right. Uh, Houston was not a good fit for, for Christian. Um, I don't know that Dallas is going to be either. I need. I think he works better in a Golden State type system where he gets the opportunity to run, to consistently be on the move, to make plays for himself when it's time to make plays. I see in in where in Houston they were expecting him to kind of fit most of the bill. I only see him in in um, with the Mavericks really just kind of being a second fiddle and just like yo stand over there till I'm ready to throw you this ball. Uh, I I don't see it being a good fit either, um, but we will see. In time, will tell. So, well, shout out to Christian for you know getting getting a good uh, another opportunity. But we'll see if it's one of the best ones for him. Well, bro, before we get out, anything you want to holler at the people? Let them know you got going on. Um, if you're uh, in that Rock Hill area, definitely check out the Juneteenth celebration coming up this weekend. Um, and yeah, that that's about it. Yeah, definitely two things I want to holler at you guys. Like he said, Rock Hill, South Carolina, Fountain Park, Friday, whatever the date is on Friday. What is Friday's date? The 16th? The 17th. Friday, June 17th, it's going down in a major way. Yours truly, DJ Highstar and Big Cliff will be in the building or outside, actually, for the Fountain Park Food Truck Friday Juneteenth Festival. I do want to tell everybody happy Juneteenth. If you don't know, if you're not familiar with what Juneteenth is, it is the longest-running African-American holiday in the country, but it's not just an African-American holiday. It's a U.S. holiday. It designates the, the day that the last slaves in America were freed two and a half years after the signing of the emancipation proclamation federal troops were sent out to free those slaves there in galveston texans who were being manipulated lied to and tricked so shout out to juneteenth which is actually celebrate june 19th hence the juneteenth uh, but yeah, rock hill's got some festivities if there's something going on in your communities columbia ireland charlotte Miami, New York, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, go celebrate Juneteenth and tell somebody that you love them. Lastly, thank you to those of you who have already purchased your Carolina Sports Talk t-shirts. You guys are amazing. Uh, For the rest of you who have not gotten your shirts just yet, what are you waiting on? Like, What are you waiting on? Go ahead on the website. You can hit it up, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Carolina Sports Talk to get your Carolina Sports Talk team, man. We are excited that we got some merch coming to you, man. Stay tuned. We got some new things and some big things coming. But until the next time, it's your man, Big Cliff, and we are.
out. <laughs>